This is episode 140 of the Auto What podcast. I'm Amon Bashir. With me is Keegan On and Rob Atrell. And our guest today is Jumpin' Joel Flash. Hey guys, hello. Hey, thanks for having me here. It's lovely. Thanks for coming on. How you doing, Joel? Lovely. Like, you know, it's it's warmed up a bit out there. You've got a great view up here. You guys seem nice. So yes. having a good time. Seem having a good time. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. So uh, you know, you you have a few things going on, uh, but but you know, most specifically, uh, music, uh, music video that came out, a show coming out as mm-hmm. well. Well, you do a number of shows, but an EP coming out as well, I think. Yeah. What, what, so, sorry. Uh, but yeah, we got, um, a single that's just been released. It's our premier single. Yeah. Uh, my band's called Jumpin' Joel Flash and the Magic Machine. I, right. uh, I shamelessly give my stickers to everyone. I actually forgot to bring you guys stickers. <laughs> no, I'll, no, drop, right. I'll no, drop them good. off. I live a block from here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we just released our premier single, The Rain, um, yeah. on the 8th of January, along with our premier music video, go to along with it. And we're having a super big mega single release party at Live in Elgin on the 15th of February. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, we want to delve into sort of how the band started and sort of where sort of you came from and everything. But first... Uh, some of us have some beer in front of us. So, mm. Rob, what are we drinking today? Today we have uh, this. This beer is all over the place. It's, I think it's a relatively new branch of Magnata um, Winery. Okay. I think they were a winery first, mm. but um, they have a brewery so, now, yeah. and they're making some beers. And this is one of them. The it's called the True North Inukshuk IPA. Yeah. And uh, we we were discussing because we looked this up, and there are two Inukshuk IPAs that are made in Ontario. Right. And. Uh, this one, if, so like if I go to the website, try to get more information, it's just a landing page that says a, a better website's coming. Mm. And uh, if I try to read the back of the can at night, the contrast is terrible. Oh, great. But, so uh, you're not a fan of the can or the branding. No, no but I have not tried the beer yet. So <laughs> okay. why don't you tell me what it's like? You know what? It, just before you said it was wine, I took a, a sip, uh, like a, a winery or a vineyard <laughs> okay. or whatever, yeah, yeah. and it tasted like wine. Yeah, it tastes it's, sweet. It's very really? sweet. Okay. And it's, wow. it's, it's interesting. Uh, and it, it's not, it doesn't have that the same hop. Uh, flavor profile that you would normally get from an IPA, but it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's unlike any IPA I've had. Maybe like ice winey almost. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's it. It it on the can IPA is in quotes, so maybe that's. Oh, I see. Maybe it's kind of like ironic. Else. We don't know <laughs> what we're drinking now. <laughs> it is lighter, but it does have that hoppy aftertaste. Mm. IPA is yeah, not afterwards. in quotes. That was a that was a joke. But yeah, uh, interesting. All right. It's well, it's different, but it's it's got that IPA hoppy flavor. So Keegan, right. unless hops have grown on you. Yeah, that's kind of sweet. I don't really like hops. Um, as we've learned. Yeah, yeah as we say. You every, picked this out, right? I did. It has that's a nice purpley can. Yeah, it does. For you. It says Anukshuk on it, and I like saying that. It's fun. <laughs> what is an Anukshuk? It's it's like, it's it's a structure. Uh, it's the Tower of Rocks yeah, that form a human seem- figure. You see them like when you're hiking, you see them like when you're driving, like a lot of people build it and it's supposed to be sort of uh, a way to sort of guide a path, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. wayfinding. Yeah. Joel, you're nodding in agreement. You concur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's an Inuit tradition. I yes. believe. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. see. So there's that. But then there's a, a picture of a bear or something. Okay. You know, we, we can move on. There is a picture of a bear. It's confusing. matter. There's a lot going on. So with that, that's what we're drinking. Uh, but let's get back to Joel and not focus so much on the can. Uh, <laughs> Joel, uh, first and foremost, where, where are you from? I'm from here, Ottawa. Is that right? All my life I've lived here. Okay. Uh, I 
Went to high school in Richmond. Okay. Outside of uh, Stittsville, outside of Canada. Right. Just keep going west, basically. Sure. I actually lived in Munster Hamlet, where Saunders Farm is, if uh, yes. you know yes. where that yeah, is. Yeah, sure, yeah. okay. Um, and I've been moving progressively closer to the core since then. Mm-hmm. I actually just moved to Centertown in September. Oh, great. So yeah. it's really nice. Welcome to the hood. Thank you. <laughs> Did you go <laughs> nice. to this? to primary school in Munster then? No, actually, I lived uh, Ottawa South uh, up until grade five or so. I was at Hopewell, Mm -hmm. uh, then moved to Canada for a year, then out to Richmond where, you know. Because they closed the school recently, kind of recently in Munster, right? Yeah, they closed the primary school out there. It was... there was not enough kids, I guess, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. like, I, I think it had something to do with the facilities needing to be updated. And they were like, we could just bust the kids 10 minutes that way. Right. You know, that's too bad. But oh, interesting. city's got to grow, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, so, you know, you you stayed here the whole time. Did you ever uh, go anywhere or did you? Uh, so you sort of you started your. And, and sort of continued your career and everything here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So after school, uh, went to the gonk for advertising. Yep. Uh, it seemed like the most interesting thing. I was sure. lucky in that I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I was very lucky. It was a gamble. Yeah. It was a gamble. Yeah. Uh, graduated and, you know, did the typical try and find a job thing, found one and stuck with it. Uh, so I never left. I yeah. like to travel, but uh, always stuck here for home. Yeah, no, that, and that, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because, you know, the, there has always been that that attitude that you know at least as far as i know a lot of people who grow up here sort of want to leave and and, do, yeah and people from the sort of bigger areas you know they they feel like they don't want to come here or whatever and, mm. and, and it's interesting to hear like and more and more as we interview different people we we find people who we sort of have a different appreciation for the for the city which we do which is a big reason why we started this in the first place mm-hmm. but um so w- with that you <laughs> Come on, Keegan. <laughs> so, uh, all, all that to say, uh, you know, you you eventually you know landed in a, sort of a government-ish job. Government-ish job. Okay. It's a not-for-profit, like but like yep. everybody in this city sort of works for the government. So, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, in some some way. But but the difference is, a lot of people come into the government, and you know, they so so Rob and I work for government, and you know, the, the term that a lot of people throw around is golden handcuffs, right? Mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm, idea mm-hmm. that you know you have the the job stability, you know, pension's great. Uh, and I know it dif- differs from type of organization to type of organization, but a lot of people have a hard time leaving. And some people sort of become disillusioned because they kind of get trapped. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen to you. Well, it, it did, might, it, it it might well, have, it did to a certain degree. I mean, I yes. think people in general get trapped by debt. To, to a large yeah, degree, sure. right? We leave school. We got like some people have six figures. You know, I was very yeah. lucky in that I was living at home for most of school, so yeah. I just accrued sort of the tuition debt. But still, that's it was substantive, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So you, you get locked in once you get the quote unquote adult job, right? Right. Um. Until you can pay that off, that took quite a while. Right. And then I decided to buy a house. That was like just incurring <laughs> more debt, yeah, putting yeah. yourself more into it. Uh. But you know. Eventually, I just got sick of it, okay. so I left. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, there's no breaking point. You uh, just at some point you were just like, I'm done. Well, I mean, it was it was a long sort of slide down. I mean, I've I, I uh, I've always been like a creative type, I guess, and working um, selling economic policy reports. <laughs> It's less, it's less than creative. Okay. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I like, I liked my coworkers and I like I like the work itself. Right. Yeah. So marketing's interesting, but a couple of things happened. One was, uh, uh, I was writing the score 
to this musical that was at the Gladstone Theater Great. in February called Phantom of the Opry. Last February. Last February. Great. In yeah. 2017. Uh, Phantom of the Opry is exactly what it sounds like. So, you know, <laughs> exactly what it sounds <laughs> okay. like. Got it. Um, and the like the previous like I had been putting this together. Obviously, it takes longer than a couple of weeks, right? So I'm starting like August 2016, we're putting things together. We're doing this, doing that. Right. October of that year, my boss, wonderful woman, wonderful woman, dropped dead of a heart attack. Oh, yeah, 37 years she was at the organization. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, um, and you know, like I really, really, really loved working for her, and and uh, everybody in the building loved her. Um, long story long, it just wasn't the same after that and i'd been speaking with my wife i'd been finding a lot of great joy in uh putting work into creative pursuits rather than my career before i was you know you're looking for something to feel like your day's worth something right so yep. work was great mm -hmm. for that uh but it just stopped feeling like i was accomplishing anything at all even though my tasks were getting complete and the machine was chugging along right um but getting together with creative minds, particularly in a, in a government town where it's not necessarily out in the open, like right. the arts and creativity, was this breath of, uh, breath of fresh air. Right. Um, and my wife, being an artist as well, was like, well, then quit your job. Do it. And so I did. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> unbelievable. <Yeah. laughs> oh, I, I, we moved into the Gladstone to set everything up. And then like that day, I think I called, well, my, my, my supervisor, who had become the supervisor because mm -hmm. our boss had passed on. Yeah. And said, yeah, I got to go. This is two weeks right here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, out the door. That's great to have, you know, a support system in place like that where someone who will Absolutely. support you in your your uh, endeavors. Because I, I imagine a lot of people don't have that, you know, and, and it must right. factor into your decision as well. It, it did. Damn. And, uh, like, she recognizes, again, the beauty in in creating things. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And recognizes that, you know, what local art doesn't happen without local support. Yeah. And local people doing it, right? Um, plus, we were debt-free at that point, aside from the house. Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, we can sell this. We don't need it. And we were sick of living over by the airport. So, sold it, moved uh, to Centertown. And uh, now I Uber people in the morning and play music the rest of the day. Oh, cool. Right? Every day. Wow. Yeah. And, and well, you, you followed your passion. That's what I'm doing. I'm absolutely. living the dream right now. Wow. Talking to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when when you uh, so when you left your job, uh, you sorry, you were working on Phantom of the Opera. That's right. Did you also have your other musical endeavors on the side, or was it really just focused on that? And, and uh... well, well, I played in bands for about 15 years. You did, uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, like, I joined a cover band when I first joined college. Actually, I was just like. I want to rock. I'm going to do it. Yep. So posted a message up on the Ottawa Musician. I'm not even sure if that message board is still around. This is before Facebook, right? Sure. So mm. post a message up there. They let me join. I played with them for 10 years. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, and then I joined a harder band um, where we dressed like rabbits and like uh, made a lot of noise. Lots of fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> but but like these songs, I hadn't written anything really for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when I started uh, writing songs for Phantom, I also had this cache of other tracks that I had written um, that I knew needed more than I could give them. Like, I can play acoustic guitar and I can sing, yep. but I can't play keys. I don't know drums, right? Uh, so I'd begun the process of putting together uh, my magic machine. And I sort of picked people that I had met in various artistic circles, like music and theater, and built them together in this weird 
potpourri of nonsense. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, 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 why Magic Machine? So, because I was at Value Village years ago, and great. I and I, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I found this T-shirt, as you do, at Value yeah. Village, and it just, like, the weirdest, dumbest font. I still have the T-shirt. It said Magic Machine with, like, this shooting star. I'm like, look at this T-shirt. This is the greatest thing. <laughs> you had to buy it. I had to buy it. And so I had it for years, yeah. and then I was trying to think of a name for a band, and yeah. it's like, there it is. Not bad. People huh? remember that. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk a bit about the composition of your band? Because it's it's fairly big from what I saw in the video. Mm -hmm. right? So uh, there's eight of us. Mm -hmm. so myself, I, uh, I sing lead vocals and play uh, acoustic rhythm. Uh, we've got two other vocalists. They're not backing vocalists. They're also lead vocalists. Zoe and Robin. Sorry, Zoe and Robin. Mm -hmm. uh, they call themselves the Ghost Lights. They're sparkly and nonsense. Nonsense, but it's <laughs> fantastic. Um, but they have a full-on theater background. This is the first band that they've ever been in. Right. So they know harmony, it's, which in a lovely way, like yeah. in a way that I don't understand. Sure. They get it. Hmm. Plus, they just know what to do on stage. I don't even have to tell them anything helps like just go to town like right. <laughs> go to town <laughs> uh, on lead guitars uh, my best friend brad i uh, went to high school with him actually he's played in uh, a number of acts like we played in a number of acts together yeah he rocks we got uh, my wife kim on ukulele Great. We've got uh, Ashley Newell on bass. He's uh, well known around town as uh, the one-time host of the open mic uh, Live in Elgin, as okay. well as um, his own band, uh, Ashley Newell and the Raging Suburbanites. Nice. Okay. Uh, Jason Colson on drums. He again, he's got his own band, the Jason Colson band. He also plays in another act called Brown Paper Bag. Uh, and they're often out at like Heart and Crown, Barley Moe. Right. Cool. He Phil Collins is it, man. Like he he <laughs> sings lead, he sings lead while playing drums. I love it. Like, wow. Yeah. It takes a lot of coordination. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and rounding us out is Caroline Arnoni, who is uh, our fantastic key player. Uh, she teaches music, actually teaches kids how to play piano, and then rocks with us uh, in the evening. Very cool. Mm. That's that's a, that's a good group. It is a good mm. group. Are you are all eight of you out performing every time you're performing, or or is there sometimes uh, sort of we've played like the first? I think the first time we'll all be in the same room <laughs> playing is the fifteenth of February. Mm. We've had a couple of gigs where one of us couldn't make it for whatever reason, but yeah. like to me that's okay. The town is small, and I've seen it before. Uh, your band can only play so often before mm, yeah. you're running out your audience, right? Um, and like two members of the band have kids, you know what okay. I mean? So yeah. it's like, hey guys, let's book a gig, all of us, every like few months or so. Yeah. And I might do a solo show. Maybe I'll bring whoever else wants to come along. Right. Like, you know, it's uh, it's malleable. It's yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. It's that nice. Makes sense. Uh, and, and the show on, on February 15th, is that live on Elgin? It's a live on Elgin. Right. Uh, it's going to be crazy. Uh, we've got... Like our band, which like, and I should note this, that the, we're playing our song, The Rain, this is our first single, but it's just the only thing that we've recorded. Like right. every, we're going to have a full set of original material. Oh, wow. And then yeah, there's yeah. all kinds of other songs that we just haven't learned yet because I haven't brought them to practice. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to have Rhythm and Burgundy and that's a, um, that's an acoustic oh, right. uh, comedy act. Yeah. Have you, have you guys seen them before? Uh, yeah. Once or twice. They're also part of some improv crews. Yeah. Too, right? yeah. The two of them are just so that's funny. Right. Christine and Allie. Yeah. Um, and they're actually good friends with Zoe and Robin because right. the theater scene in this town is yeah. fairly small as yeah. well. Uh, we're also going to have China Doll from Shanghai oh. Restaurant as our right. master of ceremonies. Wow, that's cool. Because she is the most fabulous in town. Sure. <laughs> And she'll tell you. But she told me. So. Yeah. And as I saw. So um, so it's going to be a great, uh, great good time. 
it's gonna be a great good time oh all right mm-hmm. uh i want to get to uh, uh obviously a lot more about the band and and also how you find the music scene here but i'd like to uh jump to a segment first uh keegan what's classic ottawa classic ottawa is our news segment and it's a new year so i have a new tagline for it nice oh, no. I come up with right now it's gonna be bad <laughs> and uh it's um you really should have thought about this good first. news everyone oh. oh that's a thing right okay uh, that's a good it's a thing, that's a thing. <laughs> okay Maybe 2018 will be, we'll workshop it all year. And yeah, yeah. Recall hit 2019 <laughs> card. Yeah. Deal. An Ottawa police officer is facing several charges, including uttering a threat and possession of a weapon. The man is claiming that the incident occurred uh, due to his epilepsy. I think I remember that from first aid training. When someone's having a seizure, you make sure they don't swallow their tongue, hold their head steady, and ignore them as they hold the gun to your face. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The last part too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. More LRT controversy this week as city councilors debate whether to develop a large lot in Westboro that is along the line or leave it as public green space. But with the way this country is headed, I it will likely be zoned as medicinal green space. <laughs> <laughs> an Ottawa man has been charged with assault on an Air Canada flight after he attacked an employee. The man is now in stable condition after being hospitalized for receiving too many high fives. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people don't like airline employees. Yeah. I don't fly. How do you really, really. feel? <laughs> yeah. Joel, do you have thoughts on air, airline employees? Uh, they got a crappy job. They do. Um, yeah, they do. I know that uh, my good friend Robin was a, uh, uh, what's the word, flight attendant oh, damn for it. quite some time. Yeah. And the story she told me of both ends of the aisle was just yeah, something, yeah. something yeah. to behold. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I went to New Zealand actually a few years ago. Two, three, doesn't matter. And <laughs> Air New Zealand employees were just the happiest people. Wow. Oh, yeah, they were wonderful. That was promising. Yeah, there and like, you know, there was like, like we're coming into the last leg of, I think, of our journey, and they're all just like talking with us. Oh, cool tattoos and blah, blah. You know, like they were just lovely. By contrast, United uh, in the States. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> we, we, we got off at LaGuardia, and like I'm walking around, like I'd never been there. Right? Yeah. So I was like looking at my boarding pass. Okay, so we got to go to X Gate. No clue where to go. Walk up to the United guy. I've got yeah. a United ticket in my hand. I'm like, hey, man, I need to get to Gate whatever. And he's like, you're in the wrong place. Oh. And then he just looked the other way. As it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you want to. I had to ask yeah. him to tell me where it was. <laughs> wow! Oh yeah, yeah. And he yeah. looked kind of annoyed. Really about it. Yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> you're, doing right. great, you're doing a great job. Man. Yeah, honestly, eh? you're doing joke is vindicated. Yeah, there you go. Good for you. <laughs> a stretch of O'Connor Street will be closed for six weeks in order to reconstruct a series of manholes that were damaged. You know, the U.S. is in trouble when even the Ninja Turtles migrate north. topical and finally a judge has allowed ottawa cabbies to file a 250 million dollar class action lawsuit against the city claiming that allowing uber to operate is discriminatory as many cabbies are minorities 
I hate to say it, but I agree. In fact, I was just talking about this with my Uber driver, Derek, on the way here. <laughs> and Joel, you ruined my joke because oh, you're no. a white sorry. Uber driver. I'm sorry. I've never had a white Uber driver. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I'm representing. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Hey, there I guess we go. So. I don't know. But at, what are your Uber experiences? I, I've definitely had a white. Mine have all been good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, to uh, My understanding with a lot of my conversations is I have guys who were cabbies and then switched over to Uber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, some tried to do both for a while, right? Yeah. But, uh, but I think that caused a lot of issues with the cabbies. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but how, well, I, I'm, I'm curious, how, how do you find being an Uber driver now? Like a, a lot of the, a lot of the, the tension, at least the severe tension, is behind mm-hmm. us, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely. I've not been harassed. I mean, actually, I've never had a conversation with another Uber driver. I just right. It must be isolating. Right. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have a boss. I don't. Yeah. I don't have coworkers, right? Mm-hmm. right? And I do like that. I like that I can go out whenever I want. And since I live in Center Town, I go out early weekday mornings, right, and right. finish about nine thirty ten. Yeah, and it's okay. wonderful. Yeah. and I haven't had any jerks. I had one. Mm, I had one guy. <laughs> who he got in. He seemed normal. You know. Yeah, and. Like he's like, hey man, and then immediately started talking about like in a in a filthy way about the girls on the street, like you know one of these uh, like older mid forties dudes that right. thinks you just want to talk about girls in a filthy way like they do, and you kind of uh, be like, no man, no okay, dude, you're gross. So we went off topic. <laughs> so he's like, oh okay, fine. He doesn't want to talk about that. He starts telling me about how there's like satanic cults kidnapping kids in Brazil for satanic rituals and it's a great conspiracy and no one's talking about it even though there's all this proof wow. you know just like all the good conspiracy theories anyway mm, yeah. then i was stuck with him on montreal road because there was traffic oh, no. <laughs> yes. of course there was. oh no how, how do you react to that because you're also worried about your rating i mean <laughs> at, at, at some point you know i mean I'm 35 and I've talked with crazy people before. Mm-hmm. There's no, it's, there's no point in trying to like, like, Hey man, I don't think that's true. Cause it's insane. Yeah. Right. Like what's the point in saying that to yeah. buddy? Yes. Like he yeah. believes it. Like right. there's no way, there's no way he's going to believe you. Yeah. yeah. In your 10, no. 15 minute conversation, you're not going to change his mind. No, I'm not going to change his sure. mind. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. And he's <laughs> just going to think I'm crazy. Like I'm the crazy one is yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. I find it crazy that people are so out there with, opinions like that or whenever yeah. i don't know like with someone whenever someone try to just like pull me into their yeah like racism Especially, or something like, i'm so af- i'm shocked i'm like how yeah. like how do you think that's like, uh, like what uh, make, about me makes me look like i am no, you do have that look the one time i took an uber here like i took it from home to get here for right. a podcast yeah uh was the one time i've had an uber driver like i've had cab drivers that seemed like they had they were kind of off this this guy seemed very very normal we we're just having normal conversation until we got to the highway exit to yep. get off here yep. and started talking about how like again conspiracy theories about the government i just think how does how does telling a complete stranger that get you anywhere like <laughs> no. yeah, I it's very by the end you just want to get you want, oh, in my case, I want to get out, but right. in your case, you just want them to get out. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Goes both ways. Yeah, I guess it does go both ways. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so outside of Uber driving and you know all the endeavors you have with your music, how do you how do you fill your time? 
Uh, trying to get people to pay attention to it. <laughs> I, I guess so. I, yeah, well, I yeah, guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That that really is a full time and more endeavor, right? Yeah. And I mean, I've got enough of a catalog that I don't need to write at the moment, which is nice. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, well, I, I still compose a bit, but it's not like something I gotta do, you know. Yeah. So I fill my time by trying to reach out as much as I can, and as you can imagine, a marketing background helps. Yes. Right, a yeah. lot with that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. That. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so bring it back to uh, the band and the music. Um, as you were sort of, w- whether it was gathering the members or sort of gaining momentum, can you speak a bit to some of your experience and and maybe specifically some of the difficulties you found breaking into the scene? Because I, mm. I I'm always curious to see every time I talk to a musician, I'm curious to see what their experience is, and I find that. There are certainly are similarities, but I find the difficulties a lot of bands or musicians face seem to be quite different. I'm just curious. So, like, how did you find that whole experience? Well, well, I've sort of been like a bit in the scene, you know, being in cover bands and the like, you know, so I knew quite a few people and and so forth. But I find that a lot of artists, particularly young ones, uh, like I I go to a lot of networking events, for example, right? And just because that was my jam when I was working, sure. quote unquote. <laughs> um, and I recognize the value of them, right? Okay. Um, and particularly in Ottawa, a city where the art scenes are all intermingling because they have to, because right. there's just not as many people here. Um, networking events like that are going to have everyone you need to meet at them. And I've been to ones where it's like, wow, every industry person in the city um, could be met at one of these. And yet I feel like not enough people are taking advantage of those. Mm. You know, I also feel like the scenes don't really talk to one another well enough as they should. Okay. Um, um, but up until like maybe last year, the year before, there wasn't really a way for them to do so. I've recently gotten involved in this, uh, organization called the auto music industry coalition. And Oh Mike, it's called, and they're a city initiative. Um, and their mandate is to get members within the local scene and help build a community that benefits everyone. Okay. The idea being like, okay, well, here's all our members. We all get um, a way to promote ourselves because they've uh, curated um, Spotify playlists of local local artists. They put on showcases. They put on free learning events, you know, free networking events. I encourage anyone who is a musician, like to go to one of those learning events and just learn more. Where are they generally held? Uh, generally in Centertown, Bar Robo. Oh, great. Uh, Live in Elgin. Like it'll be different each time. I love that. Um, and very informal. They'll bring in a guest to talk about things like, uh, you know, if you want to tour in the States, here's what you need to know. Yeah. Uh, I went to one that was like uh, safety uh, for women and uh, minorities at festivals like that, like, cause it's oh, something yeah. that has to be talked about now, right? Like how do you make sure when everyone's in the party mode that everyone's safe and having a good time and enjoyed music, what's your responsibility as a musician, etc. cetera. Um, those are just some of the issues, but of <clears throat> the, uh, the people you can meet and the things you can learn, um, it's, it's in, it's invaluable. Yes. Most of any business, any industry, is shaking hands. So if you're not out there shaking hands and meeting people, then you're going to have a tougher time. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, so outside of the, sorry, uh, Ottawa, OMIC, is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, Mike. Yeah. Oh, Mike. Outside of Oh, Mike, you spoke about other networking events as well. What, what were those events? Uh, so there's one called the Independent Music Business Series that's put on by 
Um, Capital Rehearsal Studios, actually Omex involved in that one as well. Um, and Edwards PC Creative Law. Uh, it's a law firm in town that just deals with creative law. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. So they represent artists, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Something. Um, I actually did. I actually did a session for them. I, uh, I spoke on consumer behavior for artists. Okay. Um, the idea that people are people. And if you can figure some known things out about people, then you'll have a easier time speaking to them. Yeah. Um, and the artists that were in attendance thought it was pretty good. Right. I went to one this past weekend that was put on by, uh, John Bartlett and he's the founder of kelp management as well as uh, megaphono, which okay. is a industry, uh, conference that's right. being held at the beginning of February here in town. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and, and you also touched on uh, how, you know, the, the different artistic forms or communities don't really intermingle. Mm. Um, one thing that, well, you know, I don't know anybody in the magic machine with the exception of, I think, running into your wife at yeah. Will Finitas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Zoe Town was a previous guest on the podcast. Oh. And I know that she comes from a theater background mm -hmm. as well. And I think she also maybe in movies. She's now. been in films. Yeah. She yeah, has yeah, been yeah, in films. yeah. Uh, so right there, there's some, some intermingling right now. And when you're talking about your show on the 15th mm -hmm. with China doll there as well, uh, and rhythm and burgundy, it mm -hmm. sounds like you were really, you know, working towards that intermingling. Yeah. And what I want the magic machine to be is this sort of embodiment of fun, particularly live. Um, I've always had a much better time playing music with people, um, particularly in an ensemble where everybody has a chance to shine. You right. know what I mean? So um, theater, I found when I was doing like Phantom of the Opry and I had done another um, uh, theater production the year before that called My Fair Zombie. Again, exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I took a lot of the... I took a lot of uh, the things that theater does as far as rehearsal schedules and the way they interact with one another and the plans that they put into the performance itself. And I, I knew that a lot of those aspects could be used in the band as well. Right. Um, to make it more than, okay, I'm going to go see this band. They're going to play their tunes. It's like, I want it to be a crazy experience yeah. that you can't get listening to the record. Right. Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. you, you're going to an event, you're not going to a show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and speaking of uh, just a, a different experience or a crazy experience or whatever you want to call it, let's talk about the rain, the music video. Okay. We watched this uh, together before you came actually. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it's unique. Thank and, you. and it's interesting because before, before I read out the blurb on your website where you refer to some of your influences, Keegan, right off the bat, said, oh, this starts off as if it's an OK Go video. And it's interesting, and, but, but it, it sort of devolves from there. So yeah. could you talk about the music video? Well, um, and even the making. Oh, of, yeah. Well, it's, um, it actually came about because I knew we needed a video, right? This, this day and age, you need something. Yeah. Uh, and I met a number of fantastic filmographers, people with decades, like, I don't know, actually know how much between them, probably decades of experience. Sure. Um, and they know what cameras are all about. I right. mean, you know, I, 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 I can film and so forth, but when it comes to the correct lighting, the correct lenses, you got to get the experts in, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't have any money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and talent is worth money, right? So I reached out and I said, look, if I come up with a concept that is simple to film, like super simple, one shot, constant take, no audio capture, yep. 
is that something you could help me with? They said, yes, we can. So that was step one. Step two was coming up with like this dance routine. The idea was like, I'd watched a lot of these OK Go videos, like particularly their first big, big one. Remember the one with the, 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 the treadmills, right? With the bouncing about. So I thought, oh, you know, I bet we could come with something like that with rainbow or like umbrellas. Anyway, it didn't take long. I think it was like 15, 20 minutes before we realized that's good really hard (laughs) (laughs) so it's like okay what if we sell it as an okay go style video but it like i think we only are able like four bars of perfection was my second name for the the video because that is that's how much we get into it until something complete goes off the rails and we referred to it as okay no for a while oh i like that yeah that's that's good good. that's good but uh yeah it turned like Zoe and Robin were invaluable in that because we were trying to come up with funny things that people could be doing in the background, you know, because there's eight people on stage. Right. And, uh, they had they're just endless idea machines, the two of them. They're sure. so good. So good. <laughs> and um, I, the biggest thing was, I said, look, if we're going to do it, we need pops of color. Yeah. Video is important selling anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to have something that makes people want to keep paying attention. And I think those spinny rainbow umbrellas do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah the absolutely. Job. Sure. The job. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's great. And f- had you had you planned for a music video? Right? So so I, it, you you came up with a music video before you released an EP. That's right. Yeah. But but is it? You know what, what what was the thought process in terms of when you first were like, okay, oh, this is what I want to put out because this is the first one you've done. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, look, I mean, music selling music has changed, right? And yeah. I've 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 always sold intangible products, sure. right? Like worked at a think tank, so nothing. I I never sold anything physical, sure. Unless I mean a printed report, but no one bought those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're buying the PDFs, you know. Um, so. Knowing that and knowing how people consume digital media, no yeah. matter what it is, yeah. um, I knew that like you can't just come out of the gate and ask for money, right? I said, people don't know who I am, not even here in this city. Yeah. Like, you know, you guys know me and my friends and blah, blah, blah. But sure. come out of the gate, you create the video and you, like I'm giving away the song for free. It's free to download Absolutely. or yeah. premiere single. Yep. Um, I'm going to probably next week or the week after put up something um, on my website along with a video saying, hey, you like it? Pay what you want, right? If you think Mm -hmm. it's worth 50 cents, go for it. You think it's worth a buck? Great. If you think it's worth nothing, fine. You know, no one can tell you what music you like. Like, that's not something we have control over, right? So if you think it's worth paying money for, great. I have lots more. Right. That I'm going to lay down. Right. Need cash to do it. Yeah. No, so, I guess so. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm always curious because yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it it makes sense to to put out as much as you can to make sure that you know you you garner whatever attention you can get or whatever mm-hmm, you know just mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. noticed, right? But it's uh, it's interesting because I, I I know it's a lot of work, and I imagine that you know considering that this is this is where you're pouring you know your heart and soul into it it's. It's it's curious to see what direction people take things, mm. and it, it's it's admirable that you've been able to do everything you've been able to do. So that's uh, that's uh, that's great. The best part is there's no deadline. My used to, <laughs> I, my I life used not. to be completely ruled by deadlines, right. particularly yeah. at work. But there's no time schedule for me here. Right. right? Like oh yeah, maybe I'll release the album later. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get Whatever. That. You know, there I is no that. there's no there's no deadlines in music, despite what people would say. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing about sort of just playing in Ottawa as a whole, you mentioned earlier how, um, 
how you say that you know that there's sort of a limited amount of time that you can spend touring around the city. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Well, I mean, it's like, so say if you're going to be playing in Centertown, you know, and you plan a show for a couple months from now, you wouldn't want to necessarily be playing in Centertown within the next few weeks again, right? Sure. You know, depending on the size of the venue. Um, but even then, if you're out there too much with something that's not very different than the last time you put it out there, yeah. then you're going to exhaust your audience. Right. Ottawa's spread out enough that I think it's possible to do things like, you know, play Center Town, then play, you know, Deep Stints film, oh, maybe then, you know, Aaron Pryor, Renfrew, you go up the corridor there. Um, but like anything, you have to make sure that you're giving people something to want, right? Fair. If you give them everything, then what are they, what are they desiring? Right. They don't really remember you because they got what they wanted. Right. No, uh, that makes sense. So, so what you're saying, I, I interpret it as you have so much time in Ottawa, then you have to go to a different city. But, oh. But, but what you mean is, you know, just, just focus on different focus areas. Focus on different areas. Pockets, and like, don't, don't play as many concerts in one area. You know what I that mean? Makes sense. And like, just because we won't be playing doesn't mean we're not going to be creating content. I plan to create all kinds of new music videos, uh, sketch videos, like, Mm -hmm. and I've got some other things in the fire that I can't really talk about right now. Either way, I'm, I'm going to get the message out. You're even leaving us wanting more. Uh, We got to go. Now that, um, Oh, you know what? Uh, one thing I'm I'm just looking through all the, the, the the things that you, that, uh, you mentioned beforehand, but, one so I I want I want to shift this conversation a little bit to just sort of the city mm-hmm. and uh, the city's obviously evolved over the years and and I think we were looking at a bunch of articles today I, I don't know even if, I don't know if I said this out loud but uh, Invest Ottawa has this new CEO mm-hmm. and and he's looking at the city as going as it's going through what he's calling its fourth iteration or revolution or whatever it is. So it just goes to show that, you know, Ottawa tends to sort of renew itself every few mm-hmm. years. And, and, and over the years, things have changed. And LRT is obviously, uh, you know, a big change. So as somebody who spent his life in Ottawa, what are some of the, you know, what are some of the, the, the changes, refreshing or otherwise, that you've noticed over the years? And, and, and you know, like if, if I were thinking about moving here, just out of curiosity, what, like, you seem like you like the city. So how, how would you sell the city to me? Just out of curiosity. Oh, well, okay. Um, I've seen the city become younger. Shopify actually has a great deal to do with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Nortel was a big, big loss, but the, the, the yeah. tech, set, tech sector out in Canada just keeps exploding. And Shopify has a great deal to do with that. Right. They were the darling that got big real quick. And then tech wanted to come here. Yeah. Um, with more young people means more fun. Fair. Um, and LRT, I mean, pff, they were talking about it for 10 years before they started doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, cause they canceled the plans and then they, they canceled the yeah, plans exactly. and there's all this nonsense because we live right in the border of another province or something like, yeah. and because the NCC always has to be involved. So there's yeah. this like triple jurisdiction thing that has to happen for one train to be right. built, <laughs> which is just awful, yeah. just <laughs> awful. Um, I'm also seeing, um, more events happening you know it used to be that you know summer would be kind of a drag but there seems to be some type of festival small or otherwise happening literally every weekend in the summer yeah you know, like right. 
barbecue festival or you know insert insert type of music festival here you know i think people are more um like they recognize that it's a government town and that it's boring but it's only as boring as you make it right if you gotta live here you can either whine about it or we can all work together and you know be as fun as we want to be i think also um a thing that's opened up ottawa for a lot of people is porter um, being able to get to TO in 45 minutes. Oh, that helps. You know, helps there's a, a lot of people like that I met in my career as well as when I'm Ubering now. They're like, yeah, I, I can live here and it's less expensive. And like, I only have to be at in my job in TO like once every week, let's say. So yeah. they fly in, they fly out, and it's a lot more doable. Yeah, that you makes know? sense. It's nice. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. And final question you had, uh, you had a fun job in high school. I did. What yeah. uh, What were you doing? Uh, well, I lived in Munster Hamlet, and yeah. as every teenager in Munster Hamlet does, I worked at Saunders Farm. Yeah. Uh, I think it was there three haunting seasons. That's what they call October. <laughs> haunting seasons? They call yeah. October haunting season. That's yes. great. <laughs> Which is fine, you know. Uh, so after school, you'd roll out to the farm, and then the, you'd get to the barn. I was in the haunted hayride, so you'd get assigned a job. Okay. You could be running the dinosaur. You could be throwing spiders at kids, which uh, <laughs> oh, great, yeah. uh, was so fun. Um, <laughs> but, or you could run the chainsaw. That was um, that was one of the gigs. So you chased, that was like the grand finale of the hay wagon, right? Yeah, you yeah. are chased by the crazy chainsaw man. Um, and you, oh God, it was a great job because you got to terrify little children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a great job. And like, you know, high school, like, like hormones, you be able to like run around with a chainsaw and yell at people. I mean, it was, it was pretty cathartic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Looking back, looking back. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's it's a, a real chainsaw. Yeah, it is. Wow. They, wow. Well, so like they, they take the chain off, right? So you're That's It's good. literally not doing anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, it looks and sounds like it sounds like a yeah, chainsaw, yeah. and yeah. and you don't get any notice. Like at least I've not been to Saunders Farm in at least a decade, but mm-hmm. at least at the time, you know, there was no notice that this was going to happen. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's there's a <laughs> like you could see through the eyes, and like there was more than a few occasions where like it was like, oh my god, I think I. I think I actually broke that one kid. <laughs> yeah. that, that kid's not going to be the same. It's after need this. a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love then, that. But other times there'd be, you know, the local teens who weren't scared at all and let you know, you know, yeah. like, you suck. <laughs> oh, like, yes. Okay, right. uh, there it is. And that was like every half hour. Or how often were you jumping out? With like, the chainsaw? Oh, like busy nights, every couple minutes. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they just kept coming. <laughs> and uh, there was one night actually that I couldn't get the chainsaw going. Oh. Um, and so I didn't go out and I heard these kids going, I know he's coming. I know he is. I'm like, oh man, I've ruined this kid's <laughs> oh, day. Oh no. It's like Christmas. The supervisor comes and they're like, what happened? What, what's up? I said, oh, the chainsaw wouldn't start. And so they give it a go. Okay, well, uh, you know, I'll bring you another one. But uh, if this happens again, go out with the club instead. This <laughs> this club, right? When people are expecting a scary chainsaw, I'm like, oh man, oh, I can't no. do this. Anyway, so then wagon comes along what it's not starting so i go out with the club and like silence right no screams nothing boos so i was like 
Oh, this is tough terrible. Crowd. Tough crowd. <laughs> These teens aren't, aren't like oh, in the club over here. <laughs> no, I guess not. It's not you the need same. A, a plant on the actual uh, carriers. You can club someone. Uh, really yeah. get the fear oh, yeah. going that they could go. be next. But, mm. Yeah. Oh, the guy time. just wielding a club where I'll yeah, desensitize no. to that. No. I guess. Uh, Who gets only so close to the wagon, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I oh, guess. Oh, yeah, good point, too. Mm. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> all right. So, with that, we've run up on time, believe it or not. That oh, well. blew by. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's uh, we'll give you a chance to plug anything you want to plug and then mm-hmm. we'll do our stuff too cool so uh go on down to jumpinjoelflash.ca you can check out the rain our music video as well as download the single and you're also going to want to come on down to live on elgin on february 15th to see the single release mega party that is um selling tickets already and they're already 20 percent sold out so wow, wow. you should like do it do it up do it up <laughs> do it up uh, how much your tickets are? $15. $15. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, and same price at the door? Uh, yeah, if yeah. they're okay. still available. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm going to try and sell out beforehand. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, as, yeah. as a person who's skilled in marketing, I'm sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that's your focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keegan, where can the listeners find us? <gasps> Our website is ottawatpodcast.com. And uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Ooh. Um, and you can listen to the podcast every two weeks as well. That's true. Uh, anything that drop? No, he really covered that. You oh. started off like you 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 wavered a little bit, but you yeah. remembered the URL, which is mm-hmm. the most important part. And you sounded kind of NPR at the beginning. Oh, oh, look at this! I've been practicing. Yeah, have you? Yeah, in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't do anything, but that's all right. Uh, all right. Uh, do we still do Audible? Do we have anything? No. No. Eh. That's People all need to listen for that's free. Fine. I guess for free. You don't Just have listen. to buy anything. Wow! Wow! That's new. That's not even <laughs> new. That's great. Uh, Joel will give you the final word. Just say auto what? Auto what?